0: Listening to From the Friars, the podcast of the community of Franciscan Friars of the Renewal, headquartered in the Bronx, New York. May the Lord give you his peace. Good morning, everyone. I'm so thankful for the opportunity to preach a homily today. Um, This reading from Ephesians 5 is a reading that has a lot of uh, meaning for me. This is the reading. I was in college and I was asking the Lord for a word and uh, this thing about you once were darkness, now you are light, live as children of the light, really uh, kind of summarized my faith journey up until that point and it's so how I ended up receiving the name Luke when I became a friar. It's uh, one of the names that means light. And um, the other option was Lucifer, light bearer, <laughs> I thought a, a lifetime of... Confusion and consternation. Tried to explain to people why my name was Father Lucifer. So um, Luke, we took Luke, and uh, just a little word on what it means to be living in the light. Um, this gospel is is funny as it is sad. Jesus healing the blind man, and it's uh, comical the way the story unfolds. That these people are so closed-minded, so in the dark, they you know confronted with this miraculous healing of the guy born blind, and, and they just refuse to kind of admit, and uh, they want to use that miracle as a condemnation of Jesus. It's really an example of these, uh, somebody who's really in the dark, really in the dark. And uh, there are probably varying degrees of being in the dark to the light. I imagine it as like the dimmer. You know, you can, if you have a dimmer at your house, you can kind of play with how dark or how light it, it becomes. Um, so a few stories that illustrate this example. Um, I remember... The first time I met somebody who was really living in the dark was when I was a little boy. And uh, I have a little brother. Now, I don't have an older brother, but I have a little brother. And uh, we were at the house. It was Lent. And the money from the rice bowl was missing. Now, the rice bowl was this cardboard bowl that you made, that you got from church, and you put, like, quarters in it. And it had pictures of starving children in Africa on on it. And they, you know, you're donating a quarter every day to like be sent to the missions to help, you know, uh, support starving children. And um, all the quarters were gone. So the money was missing in the rice bowl. And of course, my parents were trying to figure out what happened. My little brother, who was probably around four years old at the time, had the residue of chocolate all over his mouth. and a bunch of empty candy bar wrappers in his room and uh i just remember this kind of intense moment where my parents were confronting him and he was denying it you know where did the candy come from i I don't remember you know did you take the money from the rice ball and he was just like he was locked in his heels were dug in and he was like no it wasn't me i didn't do it you know and i just remember myself i'm probably around maybe nine years old ten years old um just scandalized this little kid is like he's caught red-handed and he's clearly guilty and he you know the evidence is just overwhelming and he just refused to admit it he refused to to repent or to say okay i'm sorry you caught me he was just like this is my story and i'm sticking with it and and it was like really it really affected me like i can't believe it. it you know this kid is like really dug in and uh I'll never forget that, you know, this, this kind of in the darkness, this kind of willful, just kind of rejection of the truth and of the light. And uh, so that, that's one example of something that's kind of extreme. Uh, and then another example actually happened in my own life. If I'm going to tattle on my little brother, I have to tattle on myself. Um, we had some friends on our block whose parents were often working, so we would like to hang out there. And when a group of kids hang out together with no parental supervision, it's never a good idea. And so we had done something where we were calling in some kind of prank. I think we were trying to call a taxi and we gave the address next door and then the taxi shows up and you know, so anyways, the taxi driver had contacted the police. And so we all like scattered. And I remember coming home, I see my parents and uh, I just immediately confessed and apologized for what I had done. I had made a mistake and I'm so sorry. And uh, just when I finished this apology, (laughs) the police, ring the doorbell. And then, you know, my parents see the police are there and my mom totally called me out. She said to me, and I'll never forget this. I must have been I'm like 10 years old. Like the only reason why you're apologizing is because you got caught. And she was completely and totally right. Um, I don't think that I was necessarily sorry. Had I not gotten caught, I probably would have kept quiet or I would have denied it. But, you know, we realized we were caught. The game was up. So I rush to this apology. I try to beat, beat the police, beat them to the punch. And um, it's an imperfect contrition, huh, you know? And so maybe I'm not totally in the dark. I'm not totally in the light there. You know, there's a mix back. And then obviously the, the living in the light, which is what the Lord is calling us to, you know, men and women of integrity and honesty, you know, and, and it's um, so refreshing. Maybe you go to the sacrament of confession and you can just say, you know, I'm sorry. I've sinned, you name it and claim it for what it is, and you submit it to his mercy, but without any excuses, without any conditions. And um, that, that actually ends up being more difficult than you would think, huh? You know, we, we have the ability to kind of rationalize, or sometimes maybe it'll happen, somebody will confess a sin, but then there's this whole explanation, which is kind of letting themselves off the hook, or not really owning up to it. Or um, if you ever had uh, an encounter, I had an encounter with somebody that Uh, kind of being judgmental and and hurtful, and they apologized, and the apology was, well, it was never my intention to hurt your feelings. And I'm like, well, thank you. I'm glad to hear that, but they never kind of acknowledged that maybe they had been judgmental and kind of stupid about something. So uh, there's varying degrees of being in the light or the darkness there, but um, this call of integrity to just living in the light and um, being really open-minded and open-hearted before the Lord, and and, um, just this call to be children of the light and to, um, to not make excuses, and, and to really own up to things. It's, it's really a gift, it's really a grace. You know, we're here in the season of Lent, and there's a lot of talk about um, penance, and conversion, and repentance, and I've been thinking about that quite a bit. And I realized something that, I guess on some level, um, I was kind of thinking, without even realizing it, I was kind of thinking that God is so big, and God is so loving and merciful, that in some ways, you know, what we do doesn't really matter, you know? And uh, you know, whether you know we pray or we sacrifice or, you know, it's hard to understand, well, how does that really have an impact on what's going on in the world? Or how does that even affect my relationship with God? It's a similar idea to like, like if God already knows what I'm gonna say before I say it, then like, why do I pray? You know, he already knows what I'm gonna say. He already knows what I need. You know, there's a mystery here, huh? Which I think speaks somehow of God's own humility. That uh, it does matter, you know the the, uh, the quality of our repentance and the sincerity of our effort, um, our prayers. Somehow, this all-powerful, all-loving God has willed that what we do matters, and that we are being invited by Him to cooperate with His work, with what He is doing in the world. So our prayers, our penances. I'm thinking about Our Lady of Fatima and the message. <coughs> penances and prayers, you think Little Jacinta, Little Francisco, they're going to be canonized here in May, this kind of spirituality, which we've somewhat lost, I think, of just penances and, you know, know, asceticism and fasting and and, uh, offering up sacrifices and uniting that with the Lord, Um, that somehow it does matter, you know, it does. Um, There's no conditions on God's love or God's mercy, but there are conditions on our ability to receive it. To receive it I think that's a good way of saying it hopefully that's theologically correct um, but uh, he's there and he's inviting us to to really have an ownership in our freedom and to to really surrender and cooperate and, and really you know pray and, and uh, be sincere and to be in the light with how we're living and, and uh, being men of integrity and honesty and and uh, sincerity and uh, for that grace we pray this day amen, amen. We hope you've enjoyed listening. Please visit us on our website, franciscanfriars.com, or follow us on social media, CFR underscore Franciscans. God bless you.